Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Old-time Big Ten football. Yeah. Touchdown, Purdue! I mean, it's about time. Like, we finally get to talk about something that's not just, hey, they did good here on this position. Hey, this guy played really well. These three guys on defense shined. We get to talk about a freaking win here. Like, that that it should excite you more than anything. We get to talk, uh, talk about a a freaking Purdue win, and it's been over a month since we've been able to do anything of the sorts. Anything that's resembled or even came close to one. So, let's enjoy this show. Let's enjoy this Purdue win because we get to talk about one. Saw some very good things. We saw this team really bounce back, play motivated, act like they want to be here, and credit to all involved. It was a win that I'm going to enjoy talking about here on the Behind the Rails of Purdue Football on the Believe Network. I'm your host, Bryce Vance. Make sure you are subscribed to the channel. Um, A lot of you guys are watching, but you're not subscribed. It's easy. Just press the subscribe button right now or the follow button if you're listening on a different app. Uh, for podcasts, but if you're on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, just go ahead and hit that subscribe or follow button right now. This was a game that was fun to watch. It was back and forth. Purdue's offense actually looked good, and it didn't look that way early. It didn't look that way early, but before we get too deep into this, I want to say thanks to our sponsor, Bet Online. Uh, they've been a tremendous supporter of the show. They provide us all the lines, um, all the latest odds, trends, stats for any betting needs that you may have. And the last of the major sports leagues has kicked off, and basketball um, of the college variety is also, you know, alive and well. Uh, Purdue basketball is off to a really hot start and has a really good. Fun game expected on Monday if you are listening uh, on a Sunday or a Monday um, during the morning. Bet Online remains your top spot for all your live betting action and contests. NFL, college football, UFC, NHL are all in full swing. Bet Online is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions, all the hoops, betting action, along with every sport available at your fingertips um, with the desktop or mobile access at any time head to bet online today and remember to use our promo code believe b-l-e-a-v to receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online where the game starts and when this game got kicked off when it started i was thinking here we go this is going to be ugly because minnesota goes right down the field drives makes caliac manis look like he's a heisman contender 
It looked like he's going for a career high day, which he did end up doing, but it wasn't, you know, um, the, the second half adjustments, the, the defense came out tremendous in the second half and we'll get to all of that uh, here shortly. But that first drive in Minnesota made it look very easy, super easy. Like we're going to be in the end zone all day. It looked like they were going to be the ones that were scoring 49 points, not Purdue, but Purdue answers. It's a big run from Tracy, uh, a good throw from card to Miller. I love the play design. You're finally starting to see some more creativity um, with with Graham Harrell and the play calling uh, with the with the fake handoff, the screen one way, the screen the other. Uh, but it was all ploy for Miller to just run down the seam and Card lays it in there beautifully. Miller finishes the play with a good um, good uh, finish to the play, diving into the end zone. And we got to see Hudson Card. I think a more healthy version of Hudson card as he was running around doing a lot of things. Well, setting his feet, the offensive line came to play today. They rushed for over 350 yards, both backs, both starting backs finished with over hundred yards, both averaged well over eight yards per carry. I mean, I don't think there's really anything negative to say about this offense when we've been saying negative things since the Illinois game and we were just expecting that Illinois game to roll over into the Iowa game and the Ohio State game and the Nebraska game and the Michigan game nobody was expecting you to score 44 points again and again and again but we were expecting more than 14 more than 13, more than, you know, seven. I mean, we were expecting, hey, we'll score 20, 24 points here, make it look more respectable. We'll compete in these games offensively. We won't just look like we are struggling and grasping for straws, looking for any answer that might be there. We're not going to go three and out on every single possession for four straight possessions. We're going we're gonna to move the ball. And we're going to score. We're not going to get down into the red zone. We're not going to get into a goal-to-go situation. And we're going to run the ball three times right up the middle, which they kind of did a couple of times. But it still paid off for them. And they were able to get into the end zone. And with consistency and consistently moving the ball, and especially running the ball, and how how many times have we been asking Graham Harrell to just call more run plays, run the dang ball? This offensive line showed out today. They ran that zone play where you brought the guard and the tackle over from the other side and brought them over as pulling, um, and it just helped create a ton of space, a, a really good running lane for Maccabee and Tracy to run through. Even Dylan Downing ran through um, a couple of big holes and, and had a really good day on the ground as well. This is what this offense was expected to be. You had Hudson Card sitting back in the pocket, having time to throw, and him able to survey the, the the defense. And if he didn't have anything deep, boom, check it down to Garrett Miller, who's just sitting in the zone wide open. Or check it down to your running back. Or just make the easy throw. And that was there for them tonight. And the 
the defense that Minnesota brought to West Lafayette was not what I expected um, and how it played out because I expected this defense to shut down the passing game and make Purdue run the ball. Um, and Purdue hasn't had, you know, a lot of consistent success on the ground, but has shown the capability that it can run the ball. But Minnesota couldn't do anything. They couldn't stop them. They couldn't stop the deep shots. Deion Burks, TJ Sheffield. I mean, it felt like Graham Harrell could have called anything tonight, and it was going to work. Now, I don't know what happened this week in practice. I don't know how everything got put together. This is still, I think, a good to decent defense. And that just gave up 600 yards of total offense to Purdue. That's that's insane. If I, I want to read read you guys some numbers if you haven't read them already. It was it was insane. Big play offense was was all around, all around there, and it's something that we have not had um, a chance to watch in the last four games. Maccabee and Tracy. Uh, both ran over 100 yards uh, tonight. First time that's happened for Purdue since DJ Knox and Markel Jones did it against Eastern Michigan in 2018. And that was against a Mac opponent. And you're doing it against a Big Ten defense. That's pretty impressive with your two starting tackles out, guys shuffling around on the offensive line. Those guys get big props tonight after they have really struggled here in the last month or so. Uh, Purdue had uh, three uh, 30-yard runs tonight. Prior to that, Purdue's longest rush of the season was 25 yards. That just tells you how much this offense has struggled to break off big runs, and and they have the guys to do it. I mean, they have Tracy, who's uh, you know a former wide receiver turned into a running back. He's got speed. Maccabee's got speed. Um, you maybe wish he had a little bit more to finish off that one long run that you know, got caught down at the one. And it was just uh, an incredible sight to see this offensive line push a defensive front around. We haven't said that too many times this season where we've had a Purdue front push around a defensive front. And it's not like it's full of a, stacked talent they have a couple of guys that i mentioned on in the preview show stringo he was their top guy he ended up getting a sack today on hudson Carden, but it was very early and we never heard from him the rest of the game that's credit to the offensive line they did a fantastic job of protecting hudson he was still able to make plays with his feet when there were things that did break down and i think him getting him on the move and getting into those running lanes and running those draws um, or the, him having him keep on those zone reads, I think was tremendous. And I think some of those were you know, scripted to be, Hey, you're going to keep here no matter what, because what we're getting as the look on defense is they're always crashing down on the defense. And that's something that I think I've noticed over the course of this season. And, and I think it had to do with card being banged up and not really wanting to take a whole lot of shots, but I get the sense that he's fully healthy now, even though he did uh, take a couple of shots. He took one big shot right to the chest uh, when he was kind of almost on the ground already. His chest was exposed and the defender hit him right there. And it looked like it hurt. I mean, I would have been knocked out of the game. I'll tell you what, but he's tough. 
We've seen his toughness all the way throughout the season. He finished the game um, and 353 rushing yards, the most Purdue has had since 2012. Insane. Uh, I want to thank uh, Sam King for some of those stats. Um, some of those have come from the Purdue Sports Inf- Information Department as well. But I I did not expect us coming into this episode, this recap show of praising the offense. I thought it was going to be a, another struggle. Um, like I predicted, I only predicted 21 points, and that was me being generous. Um, but I thought you're facing a defense that has not been as good as um, as what you faced the last four weeks. I think you know that stretch of defenses of of Iowa, Ohio State, Nebraska, Michigan. Outside, if you include Penn State into that. Those are probably the five best defenses in the Big Ten. And those are all probably ranked pretty high in total defense or yards per play or yards per drive. Um, and Purdue just did an excellent job of moving the ball, being pretty creative, having those easy throws that weren't there for the first nine games of the season. And that's what I've been looking for in this air raid offense. The entire time is when you watch a an air raid offense and it's working and you have um not even you don't even have to have a ton of time for your quarterback to just sit back there and and dissect the defense a lot of the times it's it's a couple of reads maybe maybe two max in a sequence and you're just having him hitch Look, not there. Okay, we're going to a, another option that I know is going to be open, or it's a, drop, a dump down, or it's the tight end who's going to be sitting in the zone or leaking out late, and he's just going to be a relief valve for that quarterback all the time. And that and that should be there in in a, pretty much every standard offense, but that has not been there for Purdue all season long. Those easy throws that you know don't just you know are throws to the sideline. And having your receiver or your running back make a play, we want. I, I mean, I would prefer having those plays get you five, six, seven yards, and now you're at second and three instead of second and ten, because that's where a lot of Purdue has struggled with. Is they get behind the chains early, they're not moving the ball efficiently, they're not getting those chunk plays, those small chunk plays to make it up for second, two through four. I mean, those. That's when the the playbook really opens up, and I think that's what we saw more often than not today. Purdue was still only four of ten on third down, but they only got to third down ten times, whereas Minnesota's four of fourteen. So the offense really was moving the ball well on first and second down. They had those big plays downfield with the throws to Sheffield, the throws to Burks, and I think. Card was starting to trust his receivers just a little bit more. And I, I I think that really gives you some positives to go into these next two games against Northwestern and Indiana, because I think Northwestern is beatable. Northwestern has really turned a corner. Uh, they're, I think, one win away from bowl eligibility. So you can play the the spoiler card again today or again next week like you did on Saturday because Minnesota is still just five and five and they're 
I think completely out of the Big Ten West. Um, I think there might be one very long shot scenario where they can win the Big Ten uh, West, but I, I, I don't. I really don't think it's that possible for them with the way that they played. I think Iowa just needs to win one more game. They're atop the Big Ten West standings uh, at five and two, and everybody else is either three and four or two and five, like Purdue. It's it's just a logjam of of very average to below average teams on the Big Ten West. So this gives Purdue another thing to play for. Uh, you know, spoilers. They can um, shut down a Northwestern team that has really found its groove, beat up on a, on a Wisconsin team today that I don't think anybody expected to have happened. Uh, but it feels like they found something offensively uh, against defenses that are not so super talented and that's Purdue's defense in a nutshell. Um, and we'll get to those guys here in, in just a second, but I think that Walters did a very good job this week. And you could tell that this team wasn't going to quit in the Michigan game and they haven't quit up. They have, they haven't quit or given up on this season yet. They're still finding things to play for. They're still motivated. And I give Walters a lot of credit for that because they could have just rolled over, started looking forward to 2024, started figuring out, hey, you don't really need to go this hard anymore. You can get ready to jump in the transfer portal if you want to put your name in there, or if you want to put your name for the NFL draft, go ahead. He could have done all those things. You know, they they could have, you know, started playing more younger guys. And some of the guys, younger guys are still getting some snaps, but I think it's kind of more out of a necessity at this point um, because we saw, you know, backup tight ends play. We saw Sawinski, who's played more recently, but Andrew Sawinski had a couple of catches today. You're starting to see more guys get involved, and we saw – Jackson Veal make a nice catch late in that game, a crucial catch to keep a drive alive. So I just think all around offensively, really good effort. Um, I did not expect that coming in. Offensive line, I think, is, you know, definitely played up and and better than what I expected coming into this game. Hudson Card uh, had a really good game. Running backs ran hard all game long. Credit to those guys. Credit to offense, and and for once this season, maybe not again, but hopefully more credit due to him. Credit to Graham Harrell for finally pulling this out after a couple weeks ago. Told him he could he could leave West Lafayette. So it still hasn't won me over, but let's do this again, and uh, you might be able to stick around a little bit more um, in in West Lafayette. Defensive side, um, they really struggled in that first half. Um, Wisconsin or Minnesota was able to do pretty much anything they wanted through the air. Um, Ethan Kaliak Manis was able to find Daniel Jackson, Chris Altman Bell. Um, the corners were just getting torched. Uh, Derek Rogers Jr., um, uh, Alessandro was getting beat. Arcavius was getting beat. I, I just felt like there was. Not a whole lot well that these 
uh, guys in the secondary were doing. And there was a lot of quick stuff, too. And I want to say the defensive front should get there and, and pressure him more. I think Kelly um, McManus was sacked once in this game. Uh, not a ton of tackles for loss either. So I think this defense just really was able to um, do a lot better job of not fully getting to Kaliak Manis in the second half, but making him feel more rushed, being pressured, because you could tell he was rushing some of his throws. Um, he was never really had his feet set in that second half to make those throws downfield that he was making in that first half. So I think the, you know, if you could look at the st- stats and say, oh, well, he was only sacked once, the, 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 the pass rush never really got there, did they? Well, they didn't get home. They were knocking on the door, essentially. They were beating down that door, and it was coming. It was almost fully open, and they were almost all the way to Kaliak Manis uh, several times in that second half. They made him feel pressured, and I think credit to that secondary as as um, in the second half, they played a whole lot better. They still got beat a couple of times, um, but when you shut out a team completely in the third quarter after giving up 21, 20 points in the first half, something has changed. And I think the defense really came out and, and did a much better job of not allowing the receivers to get completely wide open. Like they were in that first half, they played much better, played a little bit tighter. And I thought there was a much better job of this secondary combined with the pressure of, of the front seven, that did a really good job, and they really shut down the running game as well. They, there weren't a whole lot of options to go for the Gophers in that second half, and they really had to throw the ball um, after there was a good balance, I think, from the Gophers in the first half of running the ball um, with uh, with Newbin in that first half, but they weren't really able to do a whole lot in the second half on the ground because they were Playing from behind, they needed to throw the ball, and I think that helped produce defense as well. They can, could have kind of pinned their ears back and get after Kaliak Manis rather than focusing more attention on the run because I thought Scorton, Jenkins were still able to pressure pressure Kaliak Manis quite a bit, and I think they did a, a fine job of making him feel uncomfortable and show the the rest of 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 America who was watching NBC that Kaliak Manis, yeah, he might have looked like a really top top quarterback in the first half, but he looked exactly what he's been like all season long in that second half, and it was just a a meh kind of effort in that second half for that Gophers offense, and and the defense I thought played a whole lot better in that second half and hopefully they can take that into Northwestern next week because like I said, Northwestern has picked it up uh, offensively and defensively. They're putting it together uh, pretty well right now. And I think it's uh, uh, what they're doing up there is uh, doing a pretty good job after I expected them to just be absolutely beat down and not be very good this year. And they're almost a bowl team. So it's uh, it's something that I think this defense um, needs to continue to prove on. I think they still need to um, do better in the secondary. I don't, I don't, I don't know how that is going to happen. 
in, in the next week or two because uh, this defense this defense has struggled in the past game, and their front seven helped them out a lot more. And the back end of the secondary, I think, is just going to be what it is. A lot of youth back there. A lot of guys getting beat. I mean, you have so many young guys or inexperienced guys that are just getting beat. I mean, I don't really know if we expected Derek Rogers at the beginning of the year to play a whole lot this year. Um, I think if you have Marquise Wilson in that spot, you got to feel a whole lot better about your chances because he was playing pretty well. And when you can have him on, on your number one guy and, and you bump Marcavius down to your, on your number two guy and not have Marcavius on your number one, I think that helps you out a lot. And because Derek Rogers was getting beat a lot in that first half. And so was Brown and so was Alessandro. And it was nothing that they really could do. Um, Thieneman came up, made plays. Um, I think almost had a sack on the sack. I think that they did get with Caliac Manis. I think he kind of, he blitzed through the middle and they kind of forced him into more pressure um, from that Purdue front seven. So dialing up those kinds of plays, I think um, are really, you can only really do those when you are ahead, like Purdue was in those certain situations. But I think hats off to making those adjustments, being able to get more pressure on that, on, on Calag Manis in the second half and helped, helped the offense out a lot because if this would have gone back and forth, back and forth, like it was in the first half, I still think Purdue might have probably won that game just how well they were playing offensively on Saturday, but it would have been um, much more closer than than um, I, it should have been. But the defense really stepped up, so credit to them. That's all I think I got on the show. We didn't really touch on the special teams. They were fine. Not really, though. They kicked the ball. Freehill kicked the ball out of bounds twice on kickoffs. He was seven for seven on um, on uh, PATs. Didn't need didn't need field goals. The Ryan Walters was aggressive, and they were two for two on fourth downs. So, got to be happy with that. I think the the one was a fourth and goal, I believe, and they and they scored scored a touchdown. So. It was kind of those situations where they kind of had to go for it for this, you know, game to finally end up in their favor. So better coaching decisions today, better play calling all around. And look at that. When that sort of stuff happens, you come away with a W. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll have a preview of the Northwestern game coming up on Thursday. And uh, expect... I don't, I don't even know what to expect right now. If we're going to get this Purdue team, maybe it's another result like this. But if it's an, a Big Ten West team against a Big Ten West team, I'm going to err on the side of it being an ugly game. So let's get ready to preview that after talking about a really good win. So I've been your host, Bryce Vance. This has been another edition of the Behind the Rails of Purdue Football on the Believe Network, presented by Bet Online. I'll see you guys on Thursday. Thank you for listening to Believe. 
You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.